Hey guys, and welcome back to the NC Politics Podcast. Today, I'm going to be going through my projection for the 2022 Senate races and who I think will um, control Congress, at, control the Senate at the end of it. So, yep, a little bit of a different episode today. Usually I spend most time discussing um, local politics in North Carolina, but um, today I'm going to look at the national scene and, yeah give my thoughts on the upcoming Senate races. All right, um, so these are just my opinions, what I think will happen. Um, A lot of these are really close. Of course, anything could happen, but yeah. So as of now, um, I'm just gonna go go through who I think um, is gonna win all the Senate races. All right, so to start, I've broken the races off into a couple different categories. Um, so here are, these are safe democratic races. These are, um, races where the Democrats should easily win. Um, they're in reliably blue states like California, Oregon. So yeah, these are senators I think will, democratic senators that I think will ease to re-election. So in California, you've got Alex Padilla, Colorado, Michael Bennett, Connecticut, Richard Blumenthal, Hawaii, Brian Schatz, um, Illinois, Tammy Duckworth, Maryland, Chris Van Hollen, New York, um, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Oregon, Ron Wyden, Vermont, Patrick Lee, um, um, and Washington, Patty Murray. So those guys are from reliably blue states. Uh, they should really face no, there's really no reason why they shouldn't win re-election. So yeah, I think the Democrats can count on those sa- those seats as a given. On the Republican side, here are some seats that they should also count as given. Um, These are from reliably Republican states. Um, There's really no reason why these would flip blue. If they did, it'd be just, I mean, the odds of any of these seats going blue are probably like 1%. Um, Yeah. So in Alabama, you've got an open Senate seat. Um, This is the seat that Mo Brooks is running for. Donald Trump endorsed him. More than likely, um, Trump remains popular in Alabama, so more than likely Mo Brooks will probably be the next Republican senator. Um, Alaska, Lisa Murkowski is running for re-election. Also, Kelly Chabika is um, running to the right of her, trying to win the Republican nomination after Murkowski voted to impeach former President Donald Trump. Murkowski is also one of the more liberal, sen- liberal Republican senators. Um, she's pretty bipartisan, works with Democrats on a lot of things. Um, she's not a big fan of the former president. So because of that, Donald Trump has come out and endorsed her opponent. Um, and yeah, but either way, no matter if it's Murkowski or Kelly Chibika, um, Alaska's going to have a Republican Senator. Um, I think Al Gross is running here. He did okay in 2020, but there's really, I mean, I can't see him especially with ranked choice voting. Um, most Democrats will probably rank Murkowski as their second choice. Um, so yeah, and I don't think any Republican would rank Al Gross as their second choice. So um, no matter what, whether it's Murkowski or Chibika, um, uh, Alaska's gonna have a Republican senator. So that's pretty safe for them. Arkansas, John Boozman, Idaho, Mike, Mike Crapo, Indiana, Todd Young, Kansas, Jerry Moran, Kentucky, Rand Paul, Louisiana, John Kennedy, um, not related to the <laughs> uh, former president. Um, Missouri, there's an open seat. Roy Blunt, the current um, Republican senator from Missouri, is retiring. 
Um, so, I mean, that might open up the door a bit for Democrats, but Missouri's also trended really far to the right um, compared to where it used to be. I think Barack Obama, like, narrowly lost it in 08 by maybe, like, less than a point or something like that. But now I think I think um, Trump might have won it closer to 15 or something like that. So it's trended closer and closer to the Republicans. So at this point, I really see, especially in a what should be a Republican wave year, I see no reason why um, Missouri shouldn't go red. Uh, North Dakota, John Hoven. Oklahoma, James Lankford. South Carolina, Tim Scott. South Dakota, John Thune. Utah, Mike Lee. And it's, I also have Chuck Grassley here for Iowa. Um, Chuck Grassley hasn't, he's like 89 or something. He's really old right now. Um, he hasn't formally announced he's going to run for, uh, I think he's 87 right now, but it'll be 89 in 2022. Um, he hasn't formally announced that he will be running again. Um, a lot of people have speculated given his age, he might not run, but it actually looks like he may. Um, it looks like he's leaning towards running. So Chuck Grassley won his, uh, in 2016, I believe he won by 25 points, something like that, pretty much blew out his Democratic opponent. So if Chuck Grassley does run, um, he should easily walk to victory. Um, if he doesn't run, uh, I still think the Republicans will win this seat, but it may be a lot closer because um, they just won't have the name recognition of Chuck Grassley. His Chuck Grassley does great in Iowa elections. Um, I'm not sure how well a different Republican would. So yeah. Um, either way, I still anticipate a uh, Republican victory here. All right, so those are all the safe Republican seats. Now we're going to get into races that I feel should be closer than those ones. These ones that are, a lot of them are probably characterized as battleground races. Um, but yeah, these ones should be a lot closer. Um, so this first category are races I think will be close, um, closer compared to those other Democratic races I've listed. But I think these races, I think these will be really close, but I think Democrats will win them ultimately. Um, in Arizona, you've got Mark Kelly. Mark Kelly won um, in 2020 uh, against Martha McSally, and now he's up for a full six-year term in 2022. Um, Kelly won by, I think, a little over two points. He outperformed Joe Biden in Arizona. So far, Kelly's approval ratings remain pretty high in Arizona, higher than Kirsten Sinema. Um, He's very popular with Democrats. I don't think he's absolutely despised by Republicans. Um, so in Arizona, um, I think... I also, I'm not really sure who... If um, the Arizona GOP really has a candidate lined up that could take down Mark Kelly. So, I mean, he just, like a year ago, he just won by over two points in Arizona. So I, I see no reason why this state would flip. It might be a little more competitive just because... Since it's uh, midterm and the opposing party, the Republicans, um, the minority party, the Republicans, they are probably going to want to win back some seats. So maybe increased Republican turnout. Maybe he only wins by like one point this time. But I still think um, Mark Kelly will win this race. Um, likewise, in Georgia, you've got Raphael Warnock. Um, Warnock, like Kelly, is up for a six-year term in 2022. He also defeated his Republican opponent, Kelly Loeffler, by two points in 2020. Um, there is speculation that Herschel Walker could be running given the former president's liking of him. Donald Trump has made it clear that he would love Herschel Walker to run in this Senate race. 
Um, if that happens, you know, maybe the race is a little more competitive. Kelly Leffler wasn't exactly a great candidate. So um, maybe it is slightly more competitive, but um, Georgia is seems to be getting bluer by the election. So um, I think Warnock will win re-election. Uh, New Hampshire, Maggie Hassan. This one's really interesting because um, Maggie Hassan um, barely won re-election in 2016. Um, she edged out Kelly Iote by um, razor thin margin. I think it was like 0.2 or something like that. It was razor thin, but she won. This was a race every, a lot of people thought, you know, it might flip, but they, both these candidates were really, really strong. And I mean, Maggie has not proved that she's, she's up for it. So likewise, she might be facing another very close race in 2022. You've got the popular um, governor of New Hampshire, Chris Sununu, whose terms is up in 2022. A lot of speculation that he'll announce a run for Senate. He's sort of being recruited by the Republicans because they realize he's very popular in New Hampshire, um, a state that Republicans would love to get a senator out of. So, um, But I think, despite the Chris Sununu hype, I think Maggie Hassan will ultimately edge him out. This may, if he does run, if he doesn't run, Maggie Hassan will probably win re-election pretty comfortably. But if he does run, I still think Hassan might win by a similar margin to 2016 maybe within one point. I think Chris Sununu will do well, but I think I think Maggie Hassan will win re-election, so. All right, Nevada, Catherine Cortez Masto. This one might be, I think she'll win more than, than Maggie Hassan will if Sununu runs. Um, Cortez Masto um, is the senator from Nevada. She um, seems to be doing pretty well there. That's a state that 2016, Hillary Clinton won by 2.4 points. 2020, Biden won it by 2.4 points. Um, it tends to lean Democratic. Uh, I think Obama won it by a little more. Um, but yeah, it definitely leans to the Democrats. And Cortez Masto, man's pretty popular there. I see no reason why she shouldn't win re-election. Um, probably by about three points, maybe something like that. But yeah, um, unless she did something bad, does something bad and becomes really unpopular with the Nevada voters. I mean, this is a state that leans Democratic, and you've got Cortez Masto, who's got an electoral, um, she's got, she's won there statewide, so, um, I see no reason why she shouldn't do it again in 2022. Um, and Pennsylvania, another close but Democratic race. Um, this one's interesting, since Pennsylvania has been definitely shifting right in recent years. Obama won it pretty handedly, and twice in 08 and 12. Clinton lost it narrowly in 2016. Then Biden won it back by like 1.2 points in 2020. So it's definitely a battleground trending further and further to the right, um, but still definitely winnable for Democrats. So uh, I think the Democrats will win this race. Um, a lot of people think that Pennsylvania is ripe to stay red because you've got the incumbent Senator Pat Toomey retiring. If Toomey ran for re-election, he'd probably win, but uh, he's not. He's retiring, so. Uh, on the Democratic side, you've got, um, I think if John Fetterman is there, a nominee, I think he'll do really well. He'll win urban areas like Philadelphia, but at the same time, he has this former mayor of Braddock um, town in rural Pennsylvania. He's also got, I think, middle-class appeal. I think he do a lot better with rural voters than um, 
a lot of, you know, normal Democrats could do. So I think that combination suits him really well, especially in a state like Pennsylvania, where you've got um, a lot of big urban areas like Philadelphia. Um, but at the same time, um, the vast majority of the state is, it's really rural. So yeah, I think Fetterman's profile sets him up nicely. And I think the Democrats might be able to flip this Senate seat. So those are my close but Democratic races. Um, this next category, I think, will be less close. Republicans will win. Less close than those races I just listed. But these are still closer than those safe Republican races I listed. So in Florida, you've got Marco Rubio. Uh, Rubio won by eight points in 2016 in a state where Barack Obama won twice. Um, Hillary Clinton lost by a point and Joe Biden lost by three. So Florida does seem to lean conservative, but at the same time, definitely winnable. I wouldn't say definitely winnable for Democrats, but it's it's not out of reach. But at the same time, um, Marco Rubio is a candidate who really fits Florida really well. He um, was elected in 2010 during the Tea Party movement. And since then, he's he connects really well with um, the, Cuban, the large Cuban population of Florida that votes overwhelmingly Republican. Um, he wins traditional Republican areas while tapping into suburbs. He's, um, I think he should win re-election, probably. But this, Val Demings, I think, for the Democrats, um, if assuming she wins the Republican, the Democratic nomination, I think she's a good candidate for them. I'm not sure she'll be able to win, but I think she's, she's a good candidate for them. Um, so my guess, Rubio wins by five, maybe five or six, probably five. I'd say Rubio wins by five. Um, I think it'll be moderately close, but I still think the Republicans will win this. Um, all right, next race, Ohio. Rob Portman, the incumbent senator from Ohio, is retiring. Another Republican retiree. Um, but yeah, so that sort of opens the door for Democrats, but. In recent years, Ohio has trended another one of those sort of Rust Belt states that's trended further and further to the right. Um, you've got I've, Obama won it in uh, 08, won it in 12. Clinton lost by 8 in 2016, took a big swing to the right, and then it pretty much stayed there. Um, Biden lost it by 8 in um, 2020. So, yeah, you've got a state that Donald Trump did really well here. He His sort of... Um, uh, blue collar, blue collar appeal really shown through in this state, um, promising to keep jobs here, open up manufacturing plants that have been closing across areas of Ohio, like the General Motors plant, um, sort of promising to return jobs to, instead of outsourcing, returning them back to areas of the United States where, um, traditionally they've been lost, so, um, you know, your Ohio's, your Michigan's, your Pennsylvania's, these Rust Belt states that he did well in, especially in 2016. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I think Republicans seem to be nominating Josh Mandel, a very Trump-like candidate. Um, he's the nominee, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, not really sure if anybody but Donald Trump, no matter how much they act like Donald Trump, can really tap into the and generate that same enthusiasm he was able to among the Republican base. So we'll see. Josh, Tim, I think Tim Ryan 
um, might be the uh, Democratic nominee. He seems to be okay, be okay, might have some working class appeal, but at the same time, I think um, Ohio's just shifted too far to the right for Democrats to win here in 2022. So this is another state I think will go to the Republicans. All right, that leaves us as of now, we are at 47 for the Republicans and then 51 for the Democrats. So I've got the Democrats retaining control of the Senate. Um, picking up one seat um, while the Republicans lose one. So we're at 51 to 47, last two races. These are races I think will be very, um, very close, but ultimately go to the Republicans. Um, so you've got Wisconsin. This is Ron Johnson has sort of, he's told voters in 2016 he'll be retiring, but um, he won't be running for another term. But it looks like he hasn't formally announced he's running or that he's not running. He hasn't done a lot of fundraising, which gives the impression he might not be running, but at the same time, he's got lots of pressure from Donald Trump and I'm sure the Wisconsin GOP to run again because um, they know if he runs again, he'll probably win um, because uh, incumbents tend to win again, especially in swing states, and this should be a Republican wave year. So, I mean, the scene is set for Ron Johnson to run again and win, but I mean, if he doesn't run, you know, this could be a pickup for the Democrats. Um, definitely could if he doesn't run, so. Um, I have him running. I think he'll probably... Um, probably crack under the pressure, ultimately decide to run. Maybe retire early. I could see that happening, but... Um, I don't know. I think he might run. Even if he doesn't, I still think... Republicans could win this seat, so... Yeah. Uh, Wisconsin seems to be more conservative than its neighbors, Michigan and Minnesota. It had that Republican governor, Scott Walker, for a long time, voted for Donald Trump in 2016, like Michigan and Pennsylvania. I'm like, um, and, but also in 2020, um, Minnesota went to Biden by seven points. Um, Michigan went to Biden by almost three and Wisconsin only went to him by 0.6, so this was a state where Biden won by less than one point. I think it was like 20,000 votes that separated them, so yeah, definitely more conservative than its neighbors, and I think the Republicans could win the seat. So that brings the Republicans up to 49, 51 for the Democrats. The last race is North Carolina. I knew we'd talk about North Carolina at some point. So North Carolina, um, North Carolina is a tends to be historically conservative state that's shifted more blue in recent years. Went to Obama in 08, slightly to Romney in 12. 16 went to Donald Trump by three points, shifted it to the right, and then it shifted a little bit back to the left in 2020. Trump still won it, but this time by less than two points. So um, in 2022, um, it'll be interesting to see the Republicans nominate. You've got former Governor Pat McCrory, who's leading in polling, but then you've got Representative Ted Budd, um, more conservative than McCrory, member of the Freedom Caucus, endorsed by Donald Trump. Um, we'll see who wins the nomination there. Um, either one, I'm not sure, could would do too great in a general election in North Carolina. I think Budd would um, turn off a lot of moderate and independent voters. Um, and I think McCrory is just not well-liked in North Carolina. Um, pretty unpopular governor, only won one term, so... 
Uh, I think Mark Walker might be able to do the best, but it looks like, I mean, he doesn't have the name recognition of McCrory or the endorsement of Donald Trump, so um, his chances seem to be um, slipping away. So anyways, um, on the Democratic side, you've got probably either Sherry Beasley or Jeff Jackson. Both, I think, would be good candidates. Um, but ultimately, um, I've gone with the Republicans on this one. Uh, North Carolina, every single time, the, the it seems like North Carolina might flip blue. Um, it tends to stay red. So um, in 2022, I think, I think this will be a very close race. I think it'll probably be decided by less than one point. But um, I've got a lot of... My feeling is Republicans are going to be angry. They're going to want to take back, um, try to take back control of either the House or the Senate. So I think you're going to see a lot of Republicans coming out to vote. Um, and in North Carolina, um, that probably would be enough to sway the election. So, yeah, I've got Republican winning here probably by less than one point. I think it'll be very close because both Beasley and Jackson, if they're the nominees, seem to be good candidates that... Um, could appeal to a lot of people, um, but yeah, um, so I've gone with the Republicans in this one. That'll leave it at 51 to 49. So as of now, um, June 21st, I think that the Democrats will win a seat, retain control of the Senate, uh, 51 seats to 49. Well, it'll be 49 to 49, and then you've got um, Bernie Sanders and Angus King, the two independents, but they caucus with the Democrats. So it really is 51 to 49. Um, so yeah, I think Democrats will hold on to a narrow majority in the Senate. Um, they'll win a seat, so they will no longer require Vice President Kamala Harris to tie break if vote ends 50-50. So yeah, um, that's just my projection as of now. Of course, a lot of things could change. Um, there's still a lot of time between June 2021 and November 2022. So, uh, yeah. If you like this episode, please follow us on Spotify. Um, you can find us on a lot of different podcast platforms as well. Um, if you enjoy the show, please continue checking back. Um, we'll be posting at least one episode a week. Um, on average, probably two episodes a week. But, yeah, at least one every week. Um mostly covering North Carolina politics, but every now and again, uh, we'll do an episode like this one where we take a look at the national scene. So yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, um, I know it was a pretty long one. Thank you for, um, taking the time to listen to it and yeah, um, have a nice day.